guys just know that you sang scripture over yourself? You actually sang a blessing over yourself? Okay. Amen means so be it. Amen. If you don't know who you are in Christ, what I would suggest is you wake up every morning, you sing that blessing over you. Every time you say amen, that means so be it. That means it's going to happen. And then watch your day turn around. If you don't know what to say, let that song say it for you. Change your whole day. You may be seated. I love you guys for coming this morning. Some people are just love to sit in the back. That's so funny to me. I'm a front seater, but that's why they make back seats for all you back seaters. I think it's you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, what goes on up here. Just kidding. My, my family always sat in the, like the last row. Um, one thing I do want to mention is that song, when it talks about from generation to generation, I'm standing here today because I grew up, my mom's side of the family, who I'm so grateful my mom sits next to me every single Sunday morning. Praise the Lord for that. I know. She's an amazing woman. I am blessed. But the thing is, is my mom's family is a lot of pastors generationally. And those men would pray over the generations to come that they would all serve the Lord. And I'm the reason that that came to pass. So that's when you pray that and you preach that or you say that, it actually will come to pass. Your children's children and their children's children. I mean, what hope is there? I mean, that's really a lot of hope. So seriously, um, when I was singing that song, I'm like, man, I'm a product of that. That's amazing. It's pretty great. Actually, guys, I really don't like, can you go up? Because I look really fat. Thank you. I looked over there and I went, these pants are definitely not flattering. The camera gains you 10 pounds. That's what I'm telling myself right now. 10 pounds, 10 pounds. I'm going on a diet. Oh my word. I'm gonna hide myself behind this right here. Olivia, work the magic. All right, oh my gosh, I love. Okay, first of all, let me just tell you before I say who I love. Um, I think you already guys know what I'm gonna say, but. So after service at the front entry, if you bought a book, if you bought a book, Adalis and Magalis will be out there to sign it for you. They have a, we have a table set up, but also if you want your picture taken with them in front of that nice little curtainy thing and the flowers, they'll take a picture with you too because a lot of times everybody can't get to them, but if you want to and you want to say hey and just tell them what their ministry has done in your life or for your life, it's always good to hear because you, believe it or not, you hear a lot of great things, but when you take stands and you um, believe in certain promises of God, like I can tell you this, people have left this church more over telling them about the promises of God and that God wants you well, he wants you healed, he wants you prosperous. More people have left this church over telling them they're in sin. And I'm not kidding you. It's crazy. And so for them, that is a strong point in their ministry so that people acknowledge and see and have the revelation of God and who he has called them to be and what he has for them. You take a lot of hits from that because a lot of their stuff is social media up until recently when they began their church. And so You hear a lot of negatives, and so it's really great to hear the positives. Because let's face it, when you get reviews, it's mostly negative reviews. <laughs> it's not, nobody's really writing to tell you how great you are. So um, they'll be out there right after service if you want to, um, to um, say hi to them. Also, the boxes, Pastor Rodney calls those our safety deposit boxes. He makes fun of us because we don't pass a plate. Listen. On, I know Teresa already told you this, but um, if you want to give, because today, everything that is received today, and listen, if you're in this room and life is spoken into you, revelation knowledge is spoken into you, you don't give your tithe, you give your offering, but you give more. 
And if that happens for you today, which I will find it hard to believe that it will not happen to you twice if you're coming to two, two messages today, bless their socks off. Okay, they didn't ask for one thing. They didn't ask for a dime to come here. Even Pastor Adonica, I asked them to come and not one of them said, how much are you gonna give me? That is rare. I mean, seriously, most people wanna, they have a fee that they charge for travel, expenses, everything. They came here for nothing. So bless their socks off. In those safety deposit boxes we have hanging on the wall, because whether you put Foundation Church's name on it, I don't care what's on there. It's Revival Today. They also have envelopes. So if you want an envelope, Heather has them, okay? You can go see Heather. But if you don't, and you still, if you don't put Revival Today on it, or you, but you put Foundation Church on it, they're getting it. Every dime today that comes in, they're being blessed with, okay? Because um, I am very grateful, and I'm very grateful that your life will be spoken into today. So Mags is going to be speaking to this morning. Super excited. Ah, okay, Adalis and, uh, Pastor Dallas and Pastor Jonathan, they have their own fan club. She's got hers. Oh, my gosh. You know, they're spicy, but she's extra spicy, you can keep that in there, girl. We don't care if you jar on a mint or whatever you had in your mouth. So I liken Magalis to Heather. I always say, she's our Heather. Like you have to have, oh, you're special. You're all hooked up. Yeah. Are you on our Wi-Fi? No. Okay. Okay. Um, so everybody needs a Heather. Like if you have a business, you have a Heather. If you don't, you're going to go swirling down the toilet real quick. I'm just telling you. It doesn't happen without, what? Help us. Yeah, well, you do help us. Um, so she actually, not only does she have great people skills, podcast skills, you know, you might want to, you look good. And it's 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Yeah, 10 pounds. <laughs> um, I've lost my track. Um, <laughs> which is not hard to do. Um, God bless. Thank you, Heather. Everybody else was yelling it, but I only hear Heather's voice because she tells, I get my marching orders from Heather, whether I want to or not. And sometimes I argue with her about them, but I usually do them after she tells me anyway, after I'm done arguing. So um, like you've been with, you can tell them, but she's been with them like long time since the beginning. And you know, longevity is hard to find, especially in a millennial. Yeah. Because usually they jump from job to job to job to job. She's got stick to That's right. That's a word. And um, that's saying something because most people, even with family, yeah. like I quit my family. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And you haven't. So that speaks a lot about you. So I'm excited for you to hear what she has to say. Yeah. She's bringing it. Amen. And I love you, girl. I love you. Thank you. Woo! Gracias. Give it up for Pastor Hope. Listen, um, yesterday was outstanding. Who wants to hear more Pastor Hope? I do. Oh, come on, somebody. You better get used to it. You better get used to it. Um, thank you for the opportunity, of course. Um, yeah, I've been working at Revival today since, what year, Ada? Well, we're going to keep doing this all, all, all the live long day because... 2008. No, I, I, it was like... Because we had incorporated you guys in 2007, so technically 2007, because if we're going by the incorporation of it. But um, yeah, so I've been in the ministry, or working alongside um, Evangelist Dallas and, uh, and Jonathan since 2007, and it's been the joy of my life. So Heather, buckle up, buttercup. But uh, it's, what a ride it has been. And so we have, um, since, since the beginning of the uh, ministry, I've always vetted the same questions over and over again, all of the time. And so what I do for the ministry is I'm the executive director, and therefore everything runs through um, my desk. 
at some point or another. And so it's kind of daunting, actually, because a lot of it is fake it till you make it kind of thing. But a lot of it is what I'm about to teach you right, right now to here today. And so if you will, who's got your Bible? Say, I do. Y'all better have your Bible because this is what we're going to read. We're going to be reading out of Matthew 25 today. Um, uh, yeah, so I started in the ministry in, in two. Well, technically, let's go back a little bit um, because, Pastor Hope, I, I feel like you and I have very similar stories. And so um, growing up in, the, in a household, uh, it was a very UPC, Pentecostal household. Um, and so we went to church all the time. And um, my dad always wanted us to wear long skirts, not cut our, our hair. It was that kind of church. And so we, we knew religion. That's what we knew. Was that you too? UPC. Yeah. A, a, a variation of it. So, so yeah, so that's what we knew. And so um, they, they definitely instilled the fear of the Lord. And so that, <laughs> that fear of the Lord actually still is, is still around today, but in a healthy way. Uh, but today's message is entitled, Three Secrets Every End Time Ready Woman Needs to Know. You could change that up again. I, I, don't, I don't really quite know exactly what I'm, I'm trying to say here. But ultimately, everybody likes to know a secret. And uh, all of you guys are women. And this is all something that you need to know because we are what? Living in the end times. But, we, but going back to, to our, how we started it, um, we were raised in a UPC household, and it was a very volatile household, e- even though we loved the Lord and my dad loved the Lord. Um, he, he was very naughty, very naughty. And so I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And somehow the Lord just keeps just he beckons you, man. It's like you can go to the left, you can go to the right, but he's, there's always that pull. And even when I was in the world, I, could al- I always felt that pull. I could always, you know, the most unsatisfied life is knowing that you're called to do a thing and then you, you ignore it. Or you're just ignoring the voice of God in your life and you're like, no, I'm not hearing it, I'm not hearing it. And it's like, you know, like, we, like Pastor um, Hope was saying, when you instill these principles to your children early on, it creates that kind of hunger for that voice of God. And so I had that all growing up. I really, really did. And so even when I was in the thick of it, even when I was in the world, I always felt a draw, a pull. And so I started working at a, at a law firm right outside of Boston, and the guy was insane. I mean, he was stealing from people. I mean, it was crazy. And so I remember going home and crying to my husband and saying, I just want to work for the Lord. I, I'm sick of expanding this man's kingdom. He's not going anywhere. He's in sin, and I'm literally lining his pocket with money, like, you know, exhausting my life for this guy's vision. And it's not worth it to me. And so I remember um, Abel saying, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do what I'm doing now before the ministry. And so little did I know there's some, a little something called the gifts of help. The gifts of help. And let me tell you, people need to know about it because there's not, everyone's not meant to be the, the front runner. Everyone's not meant to be the speaker. But uh, there's people that are called to come alongside the man and woman of God and help them establish a thing. Amen? And so um, I didn't know at the time that that's what God was calling me to do. I just knew that I loved organization. I loved, you know, tidying things up. I loved figuring things out. I loved doing taxes. And so I know everybody's like, Woo! And, um, and so... So I just knew that, that that's where, where I wanted to be. And so my message is to help you today because, you know, we were running a $15 million ministry. Okay, I have three beautiful kids that love the Lord. Um, I have a healthy and flourishing marriage. So these are all the things that you too can acquire, but we're going to give you a little bit of the lesson here, a little teaching ensemble. Somebody say Amen. Uh, all right, so let's start at Matthew 25, the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. So somebody say oil. oil. So we're going to do a lot of reading, so follow along with me, please. Okay. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Th- this is the amplified 
also, translation, thoughtless, without forethought, and five were wise. They were sensible, they were intelligent and prudent, uh, they were cautious. Uh, for when the foolish took their lamp, they did not take any extra oil with them. Say extra. extra. Some say I'm extra, but uh, I just say I'm just the wise virgin. Just, <laughs> I'm just a wise virgin is what I am. That's it. Extra. But the wise took flasks of oil along with them also with their lamps. Think about that. So these, these, these uh, wise girls were so extra. They were carrying along flasks of oil. Now, these lamps aren't what we think, we, 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 we think of lamps. We think about those, those oil lamps that we take camping. These oil lamps were just a little bit smaller. They were like a handheld thing. And, but either way, she's taking a flask of oil along everywhere she goes. Could you imagine me with a flask of oil on top of everything? That's how diligent and extra some of these virgins were. Say, that's me. Okay, let's continue on. While the bridegroom lingered and was slow in coming, they all began nodding their heads and they fell asleep. Say, not me. I ain't going to get caught asleep in. No, sir. But at midnight, there was a shout, behold, the bridegroom, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and put their own lamps in order. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, there will not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the dealers and buy it for your daggone self. But why? <laughs> we are getting prepared. This ain't for you. Later, the other virgins also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door to us. How tragic. How scary, huh? But he replied, I solemnly declare to you, I do not know you. I am not acquainted with you. Think about that. You, when you think about an acquaintance, you know that person. Yeah, she's an acquaintance. I know what she looks like. I know her name. But here, we, the, the Lord is saying, I, I'm not even acquainted with you. You are not even a, a, a thought in my mind. How scary is that? Say, I, not me. Okay. Uh, watch, therefore, give strict attention and be cautious and active, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Amen. Ooh, that's, that, everybody's been, so say we're there now. Yeah. Rumors of wars, war, and if you guys have a check, uh, ever watched Check the, the News, we cover it often. We check, you know, check back with us, okay? Because I know that there's like a little bit of a lull in, uh, there's a little bit of a peacetime here and, and that kind of stuff. But don't, don't get caught sleeping. Don't get caught sleeping because I feel like during COVID, we saw a crazy expansion, mostly because people were scared to death. People were clinging, they needed some hope. And so they wanted to cling on to the ministry. They wanted to cling on to check the, the news because they were just scared to death. Say, not me. You know, you can live in such a way in these end times that you're dominating, that you're the, the voice of reason for your friends around you. Because I'm telling you, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna get scarier. Rumors, pestilence, famine, the love of many will grow cold. It's scary out there. But you can live in such a way that you live above that. Say above that. First secret that every end time woman needs to know. Write it down because I'm not going to repeat myself. <laughs> every end time woman knows the only weapon the enemy has. Everybody say words. That's it. That's all he has. Say this. I can't acquire a truth I don't know. This is basically what Pastor Hope was saying yesterday. You can't access an inheritance you do not know you have. Amen? You can't access salvation without first hearing about Jesus. So all of these things come through what? Words. You can't access divine healing without knowing that Jesus died for you and all, all, all the sorts. But words are what's integral. And let me tell you, this is a trick the enemy has used since the beginning of time. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis 3.1. The serpent, the shrewdest of all the wild animals uh, that the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say? Say, did God really say? 
Let me tell you, those were the words that the enemy had spoken over Eve. Now think about this for a second, because I think about, I, I like to um, hop on the thought train, is what I like to say. Uh, because a lot of times we don't. We don't hop on the, the thought train and we're, we're left in a deserted area because we didn't know where the train was actually leading. But let's hop on this, this, uh, this train for a moment. Did God really say? And so the enemy came into to Eve with words. Now think about what people think of when they think of the devil. They think a red-horned pecs out to here. You know what I'm saying? Why wasn't it that the big bad devil didn't ju just jujitsu jujitsu that that apple right down her throat? He, because he has no power. Say no power. The only power is the power that you allow him to have via words. Listen, I know that that sounds really dumb and it sounds really uh, elementary at entry level and that kind of stuff. But that is literally the only thing that he has. Say words. Did God really say? And let me tell you, it's interesting that this was the way that it, it was penned because it's in conversation, right? And, uh, you know, it's funny that it wasn't like all of a sudden he was like, Eve, woman! You know, it was, hey, did God really say that? Did he? Think about all of the friends that you allow into your life. With a, with a really pretty face on. Did, did you really feel the anointing? Was that laughter really necess necessary, sis? So ultimately that power, so, who's, that, who's that girl over there with the, with the, with the camera? Yeah, you are our kinfolk, you and I. Uh, so think about how powerless you have to be that. The only way to get in was through a simple question. Did God really say? And let me tell you, the Bible says that he was shrewd. He didn't come as a hardened, you know. So you have to understand that this is the tactic of the enemy still to this day. So we continue on further. Verse six, it says, then the woman was convinced. Because say this, with me. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will kill you. Write that down. I'm going to say it over here for this side. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will kill you. Let me tell you, that's a new way to, to look at things because that is the act, actual power that they hold. And so we see in verse six that the woman was convinced. She was convinced. All of a sudden, her perspective changed through words. It was not all of a sudden, you know, he showed the, he forced the apple and was like, look at how, look, you're smart. You have all the wisdom. No, it was through words that all of a sudden there was a little tweak in perspective and she saw something different. She was convinced. It says she saw that the tree was beautiful all of a sudden. That tree that didn't mean anything to her, the tree that she actually knew she wasn't supposed to touch, all of a sudden, that's all she could obsess over. That's all she could see. She was like, dang, that fruit is mad good. Wonder what it would be like, huh? Certain. And, and think about that. That is because of a little shift in perspective. Say action. What words do is they change your perspective. And then your perspective influences your belief. Amen? And your belief causes you to act. Right? Let's read it. Let's read it together. Words change perspective. And let me tell you, once she saw the tree, and then all of a sudden she was like, dang, that tree, yo, woo! Then she took the fruit and she ate. So it was, she was, the, the, the enemy spoke. She believed it. She, she, it changed her perspective and then she ate. So there is the progression of my entire message is that the words will come to try to change your perspective. Perspective changes your beliefs and beliefs cause you to act. And so where you are right now is a result of words. Just follow the thought train. 
So ultimately, that's, we, you know, that, that uh, you know, sticks and stones will break your own bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie of the devil himself. Because if he can cheapen this teaching, then he's got you in the palm of his hands. He can continue to uh, uh, thwart and uh, take you right out of the will that God has for you. And if you don't remember how, how powerful words actually are, a little something happened not too long ago. It was called uh, 2020. <laughs> February 2020 came around and the public health em- uh, emergency uh, was announced in, uh, in February. Do you remember how many people had actually died at that point worldwide? <sighs> Scary. 200. 200 people had died worldwide in February. By, by May of 2020, that number had risen to 100,000 people. Say, uh-oh. The only problem was that people were dying with COVID, not from COVID. Everybody say words. And so that little tweak turned the masses into hysteria. You die with COVID, not from COVID. And by the way, they detracted those numbers years later, okay? Because they were getting found out and getting kicked to the corner. Say, not today. But the success of the pandemic was, was contingent on you believing words. That's all it was. That is all it was. Let me tell you, you know, this is how insane this was. There are people that are going to live for the rest of their lives masked. Dr. Fauci, don't lie to you, Dr. Fauci. (laughs) They believed a lie and they're going to be, I'm not playing. They're going to be wearing a mask for the rest of their lives based off of what? Words. There was no actual science behind it. In fact, the opposite was true. When in Switzerland, they actually proved that this, this was such a small molecular, whatever it was, that it could easily go through that mask. But nobody was, was talking about it, right? Because words. So you have some influential people saying a thing, and all of a sudden you're believing it and you're buying it. And let me tell you, it has transformed people's life forever. Say, not me. I think about the transgender agenda. Dare I go there? I'm going to go there. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about transgender this, that, and the other, mutilating our children's bodies, huh? Why is that? For, for the, the less than 1%, less than, 1%, less than half of a percent of people identify as a transgender. But what is the, what's the, what, follow the thought train. Where is that coming from? Why is it that all of a sudden, it's at your grocery store? It's at your skincare center. Why? Words. Did you know that uh, uh, one quarter of Americans don't eat vegetables? I thought, that can't be. My brother don't eat vegetables. Tom doesn't eat. Pastor Tom doesn't eat. Where is the no vegetable agenda? That's a whole lot more people. A quarter of Americans. But you don't hear a thing about that. Why is it that less than one, less than half of a percent has that kind of pull and that kind of voice? It's because of words. And let me tell you, um, the, the power of words, I, I'm, I'm going to go this, there really quickly because I feel like, you know, at work, we, we, we tackle these subjects all the time. And so one of them is, is the power of words, what you're doing, what you're releasing, and then the realities that they create. And so when 90% of sickness and disease is caused by stress, you understand that the words that you're enabling in your mind, the things that you are festering over is actually creating like a higher, you know, uh, uh, what, what is it? The, uh, 
Uh, uh, yeah, not, not really. No, blood pressure. I ain't no medical doctor, but I got it in my notes. <laughs> and so that blood pressure starts arising. And then you, people are, heart, heart, heart attacks and, 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 and cardiac uh, issues are still the number one leading cause of death in Americans today. But when you realize that all of it, the inception of all of it is words, you understand that you're going to say, Satan, not today. Release a word today. Say, Satan, not today. Because once those words are released, perspectives are changed, beliefs are changed, and then you act on it. Because people act like, like, like I'll, t I'll give you a couple of stories. Hey. But first, Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I feel like during this conference, people are going to start perceiving a thing. All of a sudden, they're going to say, I want more out of life. I'm called to be better. I'm, I, there, there's the, all these women, they're calling you up. Okay, can you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and the streams and in wastelands. Uh, but make sure, because here's the thing, uh, who's influencing your words? And a lot of times people think, think they're above the, the, the norm and they're like, no, I, I, I read my words, sis. But then you go back to the same third grade best friend that you always had that is stuck in some sort of depression or you get marital advice from your aunt who has seven failed marriages, et cetera, et cetera. Remember words. And it doesn't stop at, at, at spiritual things. I think that's a lot, of, a lot of times what sets this ministry apart is that it is the, the word permeates every aspect of our lives and people don't like it. So when evangelist Jonathan goes, you know, online and says, these pastors who are shutting down, they have no balls. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I'll tell the pastor, oh, tell the but they're the first ones lined up for Fifty Shades of Grey. Hey. Say, so not today. Not today, Satan. Part two. Part two. So the first one is knowing the enemy's strategy is words. And then the second is knowing that... Every action is tied to beliefs. So we tr we, we're, we're, we're choo-chooing on this train. So we get to the words. Words are affecting your beliefs. And all of a sudden, you're left with your actions. Selah. What you act upon, you believe. I'm, I'm going to try to say this in as many different ways as possible because people have different learning, like, whatever. Okay, so then uh, uh, put differently. What you have in life is produced by what you've allowed in your mind. I. Sometimes that one hurts because a lot of times we want to say, well, my daddy, he said some mean things to me. He says, my, my, my ex, he beat me to smithereens. That's the way I am. That's why my walls are up. It. But what you have in life is actually produced by what you have allowed in your mind. Oh. I tell you, that is amazing because what it does is it empowers you. The onus is now on you to make a change. It has nothing to do with uh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that don't come into your life and left you. It now has everything to do with you. What you have allowed. I should have had a better education. Do you see what people do? And they stifle their growth. They stunt themselves just by, by the words that they allow. So think about it. Like one of the easiest ways to, to kind of paint a picture in your mind is when I had first, when we had first started on this endeavor with the ministry, I remember going shopping with Evangelist Dallas, and I remember seeing some Jimmy shoes, shoes. And I was like, wow, expensive. Put them down. That was it. And she said, turn around. That is not it. Say, we will come for you later. And I remember having to turn around. She done sent me back to the shoe aisle at Nordstrom. And I remember picking up that thing and I said, I will come back for you later. But let me tell you what that did. When I said that's too expensive, my brain shut off. And it was on to the next thing. 
It was on to the next endeavor. It was on to the next shoe. But when I said, I'm going to come back for you, all of a sudden something happened in my mind and I started thinking, all right, I need to, if, if I sell this, I can, <laughs> if I pick up a third shift, I'm, I'm, I'm fain not having those shoes. But do you see what the power of the brain and the power of the mind? Because what you allow in your brain, what you, you access is, is basically what you are allowing in, in, into your, out of your mouth. Okay? Let's keep it. Let's keep it up here. But I got to stay focused. Um, and so there is power that comes from words. Death and life come from, from words. Okay? So five of the ten virgins had a very clear perspective. They brought extra. Say extra. And so that is very, very important because in these end times, you have to be extra. And I'm going to try to uh, uh, kind of like instill that, instill that into you because it's like what makes Revival Today so special? Work. That's what it, 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 it is just ultimately being extra because if something fails, you try six more things. People don't like that either, but you got to stay alert and you can't sleep. Amen. Luke 17, 28, it says, like in the days of Lot, there will be eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day that Lot left the, uh, from Sodom, brimstone and, uh, from heaven destroyed them all. Let me tell you, the reason why I'm reading that is because of this. Uh, like in the days of Lot, there will be eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. There wasn't crisis. There wasn't pandemics. Do you understand what that means? So that means that you got to stay awake. You got to stay alert. Because people, a lot of people thought that in 2020, Jesus Christ was going to split that eastern sky open. <laughs> but the Bible actually tells you, it paints a different picture. It's going to be, you know, all of a sudden it's going to be, there's going to be, it's going to be a regular time. Buying and selling. There's going to be weddings going on. It's not going to be calamity. It's going to be all of a sudden, there's going to be a remnant that gets pulled the heck up out of here. Ready or not, say ready or not. So don't get caught up in, in, in all of the hype. You know, all of a sudden, I knew during, for Check the News when COVID was actually over. I knew it. I knew the day it was over was when um, they done, they, they, the headline news changed to Kanye melts down. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. People get lulled right back to sleep. All of a sudden, you have no idea what's going on with, with the world. You don't know what's going on in, in this kind of war. But all you know is that J-Lo done got married with three dresses. <laughs> Say, not me. My beliefs control my behavior. So there is something that you got, you got to stay awake and you got to stay alert. Uh, my beliefs control my behavior. Words change perspective. I'm going to say this as many times as, as it takes, okay? Perspective change beliefs. Be, beliefs cultivate action. And so we continue here. What have I al allowed in my life to this point? I don't know. Maybe you can journal that. What have you allowed that you made an excuse for? Write that down. Yeah, no, because this is one thing at Revival Today. We have hard conversations. We have hard conversations. But that's the only way to progress and to break through. Somebody say break through. I'm about to kick that thing right there. Got to kick that candle into next week. <laughs> but think about that. Because a lot of times you make an excuse as to why you're not where you need to be when God has planted you in this place for a reason. Think about Pastor Hope digging ditches for Fios. <laughs> Could you imagine if she was defined by that position and she didn't allow it to teach her something? Absolutely. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I'm not scared of a lot of ladies. Scared of her. Scared of you. Damn right. I'll tell you, she, she was like, uh, you're speaking. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Jump. <laughs> I got you. I see the crazy in your eyes. 
I know where Tommy got it. Tommy Jr. with the jujitsu skills. I know where it came from. But maybe, just maybe, the place that you're at right now is the talent that God is giving you. And I think a lot of times people think that it's the talent, like the talented uh, violinist over here. I don't go home and I prayed for a violinist at our church. I said, Father, release the violinist. (laughs) Release her, Lord, wherever she may be. And, but, but that's not what the word says. Let's continue reading in, in, in uh, chapter 25 because this, this whole chapter is chock full of what I wanted to talk to you about today. Verse 14, it says, For it is like a man who was about to take a long journey and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. To one, he gave five talents. I burped. It's <laughs> my girl. That's why you're my girl. Kinfolk. Back into serious reading right here. So for, it was like a man who was about to take a long journey and he called his servant together and entrusted them with his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each in proportion to his own personal ability. So think about that for a moment because a lot of times people think, well, I'm, I'm, I could have been there. There's a lot of people that you're going to see. And listen, I am no millennial. That's where I draw the line. Come on, 1984, it was just on the cusp. I err on the side of not millennial. But, but anywho's. Uh, he who received the five talents, oh wait, wait, wait go back to here. And, and everybody was given into, in proportion of his, his own ability. Make sure you don't put the cart before the horse. Ladies and gents, a lot of times I'm seeing this quite often uh, from all sorts of places, not just millennials, but they want the CEO status with the entry work, entry level work ethic, and it ain't happening. Say no. And so a talent, by the way, was 16 to 20 years worth of salary. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So in modern day, um, it would be like somewhere around $1.3 million dollars. Or in, in Biden's economy, 1.3 trillion. <laughs> and so anyway, they departed the, the country. Uh, and he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. I actually looked up the word because I had extra time. And I, so I went to the Greek and I done found out that traded. So he, he went at once to work and traded means to commit, to labor, to minister. Hey, isn't that, isn't that yummy? Just eating, eating that word. Yes, Lord. Uh, and so, and likewise, he who had received the two talents, he also gained two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and done dug it up. He done dug it up. He got scared. He, he dug a hole in the ground and, and he hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master and those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forth and proudly said, Master, the, with the five talents that you've entrusted, ba-bam, I give you five talents more. And he was like, come on in, <laughs> you good and faithful and admirable servant. Uh, and also, the guy who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me with two talents to me, and here I have gained you two talents more. Say double. double. Ooh, that's good. Then his master said to him, well done, you upright and honorable servant. Come on in. Let me tell you, the reward was the same. Isn't that crazy? So one of them had, had more talents than the other, but they both doubled the talents and the reward was the exact same. So quit comparing is what I'm saying. As this bug flies around my face. But listen to the third, say the third. Oof. So his master said to him, well done. Oh, sorry. Verse 24. He who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master. I knew you to be harsh and a hard man. Hide here because this is a shameful reading right here. (laughs) 
reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had not winnowed. So I was afraid. Say words. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is your own. But his mastered, master answered him, you wicked and lazy and idle servant. Did you indeed know that I reap where I have not winnowed and gathered where I have not winnowed? Let me, see, let me give you a, a, the message translation if you're anything like me where you're ESL and you don't know what winnowed is. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do the least? Isn't that a powerful message? If you knew I was after the best, why did you do the least? The least you could have done was at least invested it with the banker so I could have made some type of interest in it. Get out! <laughs> Say, not me. Every time, every end time woman knows that her actions are tied to beliefs. What was the belief system there? You had three out of, of, of or uh, two out of the three that went and doubled that talent because they knew what reward was on the other side. But then there was that one that only was, was ultimately obsessed with the fact that the master was hard. He's a hard master. I couldn't possibly do this. He had convinced himself of something. How many people do that every single day, on the daily, on the daily? You convince yourself of a thing and it stops you from progressing. It stops you from a, a, a action. Done hiding things. I just hide this thing because I don't even have the work ethic to double it. I'm so dumb, I can't even read right. I'm just gonna, I don't have any education. Up in here, I'm gonna just make sure that uh, this thing is tucked away and that I check up on it real quick every now and then because, you know, I'm a divorcee. And uh, I can't, you know, the Lord wouldn't be able to use me. Mm -hmm. Say lies. She said, get them. <laughs> Take inventory of your life and ask hard questions. If God is after the best, why are you doing the least? Say, expand your capacity. The first servant traded his talents, boom, doubled it. Second, boom, doubled it. Third, believed a lie and hid. So when it comes to the end time harvest, you have to, there has to be a standout. Why do you think that there was, you know, if you told me in 2019 that the, that the, the, the government was going to, you know, unleash some special op to shut down churches and to guess how many, what the percentage would be of churches that would stay, stay open, I would say 50% conservatively because I thought, you know, Bible Belt. Did I expect Pastor Rodney and, and Pastor Tom to be the only ones? No. No. But they were convinced of something. And so they, they acted on what they believed. So think about that. That was the, the <laughs> what, a, what a great combine that was to sift the wheat from the shaft. COVID came in just to shift things around and to expose people. You know, I, I, had, I had issues too. Let me tell you, I remember waking up at three in the morning and being like, we're all gonna die. I didn't know what, what are we gonna do? We're all gonna die. If, and I know I wasn't alone. But I had convinced myself of something because that was all I, I consumed, right? And so when I, that's all you consume, all of a sudden you start acting crazy. You start cleaning up. I'm like, Isaac, sneeze into your, your elbow. Do it for mama, please. He's two and a half. Sneeze. Elbow. Start acting crazy. Why? Because of beliefs. I'll tell you, and then here's another thing is, is words come in all, all forms, all shapes and sizes, yes? It comes in, um, you know, different songs that you let in, right? right. Mm -hmm. 
All of a sudden it's like, I am lonely. Nobody loves me. And then you go into work and you're like, <laughs> say protect. You gotta protect those words. All right, let me go back to here. That joy breakout. Okay. I see it. Come on. <laughs> Actions are tied to your beliefs. I'll share this story. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know whether I was going to share it or not, but I guess I'm going I'm to share it. Because I feel like I'm among my kinfolk here. So if you don't like it, y'all can bounce, but... So about a year ago, I got a phone call. And um, the phone call was, hi, Miss McGallis, how are you? And I'm like, great, what's up? And he's like, you and your husband are getting sued. You're getting sued. And such and such thing happened, and this, that, and the other, and you don't have a contract, and therefore we're going to sue you for $75,000. And if you, and because you didn't have this, this, and this, your house will, would, might, might be repossessed so that we can, so if you're not, you're not going to pay the 75000 flat, then we'll go after your home. Got a phone call like that. Say hail to the no. <laughs> but the reason why I'm telling you this is because this, I walked through it myself. And so what happened was that at that point, you know, I, I remember going up to, to my husband, Abel, and I was like, do we have all the paperwork that we need? And he was like, well, <laughs> something happened that week. <laughs> and so I thought all of a sudden my mind started racing. I let these words affect me. And let me tell you something. It took some, some weight off. I mean, that's a good thing, but, um, but not in that way. I don't want to lose weight that way. And so what ended up happening was that four week, six, four to six week spiral where it was all of a sudden, I, that's all I could obsess over. I was like, they're going to take our, our we're going to be homeless. We're going to be homeless. I had to convince myself of a lie. Oh, we're going to be homeless. We're going to lose everything. And it was all because my daggone husband could do a, do a right thing. He couldn't do it. I kicked that thing. I'm sorry. I kicked that thing. And uh, I, was like, I could have done it better. I started releasing a word. I was like, you dumb, dumb head. And I started creating some friction in my household. I started getting colds. I didn't have a cold for, for nine years. I got, the, I got hit with the flu. I just started, see, it was just a downward spiral. And so I had believed a lie. And so I remember the, just thinking, how am I going to get out of this? You know, how am I going to get out of this funk? Like we, you know, I know the way, I used to work for a lawyer. I know they charge $350 an hour. Uh, you know, they, you send an email, it's 35 bucks for that email. So I started thinking, like, well, how am I going to get out of this? I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I'm like, <laughs> not using my proper words. And so I, I went into a downward spiral. And I remember being like, I got to walk away from the ministry. I got to walk away from my job because I now, now I got to work three other jobs somehow to, to, to offset this cost and, and this kind of that and the other. And so it finally dawned on me, just get silent and, and ask the Lord. And I said, Father, help me to get out of this. And he said, call this person. And so I did, and, you know, of course, hindsight, 2020. But um, so I called this, this lady, and this lady was like, what? Michaelis, you dumb, dumb head. <laughs> this ain't, they got nothing on you. I will represent you for free. And she was like, and this situation is going to go away. And I said, amen, let it go away. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you to that point, had I received a single uh, notification? Has I, had I been served with a single document? Words. That was it. That done sent me into a spiral of, I almost walked away from the ministry. And the only thing that had been exchanged were words. 
And then this lady.com, and it was like sweeter. It was, it was sweeter than honey at that point. And she was like, I'm a, why, are you, why are you all bent out of shape? He, they don't have any right. <laughs> you didn't know what your rights were? What are you, do, what are you doing, says? And all of a sudden, the only thing that she had done was there was a word transaction. And all of a sudden, everything lifted. Everything lifted because of the word transaction. So you're not gonna tell me that words aren't valuable and words aren't true. Let's, let's go all the way down because I know that I, there's, there, I need to, it's 12 o'clock and y'all been here since seven. So we have, yeah, yeah y'all need to work is, is that whole thing. But, but I, the Lord is leading us into a different direction and he's saying words, somebody say words. When uh, we start reading the parables, by the way, um, these teachings, they're like, they're layered, right? And so there is an arrangement of scriptures that you got to notice before we continue. Because I really truly felt like the Lord was leading us somewhere here today. And this is where it's going to be. It's say final judgment. The, the number three secret that the end time woman knows is that there is no substitute for hard work. So the arrangement of the scriptures need to be noticed because in Mark 8, right, the parable of, of Jesus healing the blind man, he says to the blind man once, D- uh, can, can, what, can you see? And then the blind man says, I can see men like trees. Then he prays a second time and all of a sudden the man was completely restored. The second parable after that is... Jesus asking Peter, who do men say I am? First, the first question. Then the second question is, who do you say I am? And all of a sudden something came to light and there was vision, the vision was restored. So there is something about the arrangement of scriptures that you have to be very careful about when, when it's just not by chance, okay? And so first we started off the same chapter, Matthew 25, the, the oil, the, the virgins with the oil, Okay. And I love Jesus so much. He's so wonderful because he, he knows. He knows who he's, who he's talking to. And so he was going to talk to a room full of women. He's got that parable of the, of the virgins. But if it was a room full of men, it would be the, the men and the talents. And then finally, you have the layers. So what, all, what did the first two parables all have in common? Both had people groups that were given something. Say, I have something. And I have something to give, right? What has God given you to do? The second was that the master left. Say he left. And then the third is that something was required of them, both. So you had the, the, the you, they were given something, they were given direction, they were required to do something with what they were given. And then the master came back to check up, to make sure that they were doing that thing and that they were doing it well. And there was a sifting in both stories. So you had five of the women that fell asleep and they were shut out. And then you had the one man who hid his talents and he was shut out. So there's lots of different things that they had in common. But let's go to the, this is the kind of like final hurrah as to why Jesus had even taught the first two parables. Let's read it, the final judgment. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, his majesty and his splendor, and all of his holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them, the people, from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from his goats. And he will cause the sheep to stand to his right hand, which is a place of honor. It's a, it's a place of distinction at the right hand. Um, and the goats to the left say, I ain't no goat. I ain't no goat. I don't like goats. Goats be eating everything. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, you highly favored of God and appointed to eternal salvation. Inherit, receive as your own the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. When the son of man comes in his glory, his majesty and his splendor and all the holy angels with him. Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates 
the sheep from the goats. And he will cause the sheep to stand. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I just, I, somebody needed to hear that a second time. So he will cause the sheep to stand at his right hand, but the goats at his left. Then the king will say, come in, you blessed and highly favored. In the last day, work is required of you. You can't fall asleep. You can't slumber. You got to stay alert. You got to stay alive. Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I have given you all of the authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall by any means harm you. Let's go back onto the the little, little thought train for a moment and go all the way back to the beginning with words and the, the, the things that you have allowed all of these years to go on because you thought the devil had the power when right here in Luke 10, 19, he says, I've given you all the power. The only power that the enemy has are words. And if you, if you understand that now, you take him off at the knees. Therefore, he has no power in your life. He has nothing in you. And so you can do a little something, something knowing that. And let me tell you, that, that's what's, what's the difference between Hinduism and Buddhism is that God has actually given you the power. He gives you the power to create wealth. He gives you the, the power to be an overcomer, trample on, on ever, any deadly thing. Amen? So you need that mental stability. You need that strength. Say, something is required of me. So quit choosing victimhood. Quit, quit choosing to answer that boo-boo's phone calls. Follow the thought train here for a minute. Like just everybody needs to make this a practice. Is okay, you, 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 you're dating, you're shacking up with boo-boo, and then say you land a, a you, stay, you get pregnant with boo-boo, then all of a sudden you gotta go to family, his family events, and then you gotta, you, your kid is gonna be left with, you, you know, uh, his crazy mom. And what, is, what is it that you want in life? Because I think a lot of people don't have direction or a target, so anything looks like, right. So if you're here today, and you want that direction, you wanna say, hey, listen, uh, there's a place that I need to get to, and, 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 and it ain't, this ain't it, sis. What's the definition of, in, of insanity? It is doing something. Do something. Thanks, Pastor Tom. Do something different. Shake things up. Listen, sometimes it's going to be scary, but that's what you got to do. Shake Shake it up. Say shake it up. up. Everybody stand on your feet, please. Are you ready to work? God will meet you where you're at. But you gotta, you gotta stay committed and you gotta stay in obedience, let me tell you something. Because let me tell you, it's not enough that, the, that your actions are like, well, the Lord called me to, uh, to Pastor Hope and, and Pastor Tom's church, and so therefore I'm here. So Father, shine down on me. <laughs> something is required of you. Plug in. Children's ministry, worship. You gotta do your part, but then make sure that you exhaust, say extra. You bring that extra oil. You know, I'll show up to church with an extra coffee. Get yourself some favor, would you? There's no time to waste. And I think that when you keep that in mind, those parables, they're, they're, really, they're, they're quite frightening in the sense that, listen, our king can come at any time. No time to waste. Quit playing around. Quit playing games. Quit playing games with your life (laughs) come on up if you want to change your life if you want if you want that that workflow if you want something new i want uh, you to come to these all this altar here and i'm gonna pray for you pray for that that a passion for work a passion and and that vigor to know that jesus christ is coming back ladies Why settle for subpar when you could have the whole dang thing?
You can do it. Come on up. Come on up. I see some tears. And I'm not, I'm not used to the ministry part, so I'm going to go like this because so, I'm going to be a weeping mess. I'm going to turn my back. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting is that God had to look past so many disobedient women <laughs> to come to Adalas and I. Hey, listen, I have no shade, Adalas. But we always will sit on a, a private jet and we'll say, how did we get here? How did this happen? It doesn't make no sense. You know, she says, she says this from the pulpit often. She says, I had a GPS of 2.0. GPS is found in vehicles. Ladies and gents, it's a GPA, a dollars. But we, we talk about it all the time. We say, man, God must have passed through a whole lot of women to get to us. And let me tell you, you are more capable than us. I like to speak words of life into people. Amen? God uses you regardless of your age, regardless of your sex. Female, male, by the way, there's only two. And regardless of your background, who's been married, who's been divorced, what kind of anger issues you had. God can use you. God will use you. Do you believe that? No, say, I believe that. Quit speaking ignorant things. Quit speaking dumb things. I got kids. It's hard. But we wake up, we put one foot in front of the next, and we get to where we're going. And let me tell you, children are a, what is the quiver? What, an arrow in the... That's my kids are launching them it's not a hardship for for to raise kids it, it requires extra work if you want it done excellently but if you're willing to put the effort in like the the five women like two of the three men god is going to say come in my good and faithful servant amen